Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Nellis, and this is episode 81, Flying High. We're going to talk about what to do when you need to travel on the aeroplanes and want to take your medicines with you. But first, we're going to talk about stoner moments. Last week, I was unable to get another episode to you for the 420 week. I was just way busier than I thought I was going to be. But I hope that you all had a wonderful 420. Uh, Personally, uh, there's a, a local gathering that happens at one of the beach parks in the area. It's been going on for at least the last five or so years. So I went to that, kept it real chill. It was a beautiful 70-something degrees out. I loved it. I hope yours was just as awesome as mine. One of the more unusual things that I had done for my 420 celebrations this year, though, was I actually participated in a vape survey that was being put on by a researcher out in London. I think I had signed up or volunteered for research through Grass City at some point, and my information must have been passed on to uh, to this lovely lady, Bahar, who sent me an email and asked me if I would be willing to participate in her research about cannabis vaporization. And I let her know that I don't vaporize flowers as much as I vaporize concentrates, but I would be more than willing to speak to either. And she was more than willing to listen. And if you would like to participate in vaporization research, I am going to have Bahar's email both in the show notes and on the blog posting for this this particular podcast on my website, thespliffpodcast.com. And you don't have to do anything special or be anything specific. All you have to do is share your cannabis vaporization stories and answer the questions that she'll ask you. She's super awesome. And I love being able to talk to researchers who don't use cannabis, who really have no experience with cannabis and opening their eyes to how, one, it really does truly help and two, how it really isn't detrimental in any way whatsoever to my life because it is a medicine and actually does give me a quality of life back. Things like maybe heat from vaporization aren't as big a side effects for me personally as a normal adult. And and really opening their eyes to the fact that there are well-educated, functioning people who just need a little extra in their life. And we find that with cannabis. It it. I love it. I want to change all of their minds. If you want to join me on that journey, reach out to Bahar. She would love to hear from you. And speaking of people who love to hear from other people, thank you, anonymous five-star raider. I do appreciate it. That was lovely. If you would like to leave a rating or review, you can do so on my website, thespliffpodcast.com, or anywhere else that you're listening to this podcast at. Most people listen in iTunes, and that is where the rating and reviews go the furthest. So that's an excellent place to start if you like. It's always appreciated. Always appreciated. One more stoner moment. I had mentioned a couple episodes back about a new quartz banger that I had gotten. And in the 420 episode, I did say that it was a thermal pea quartz banger. But just in case you didn't listen or just in case you didn't catch it, my new banger is a thermal quartz or thermal pea quartz banger. It's a larger size. And if you wanted to look it up on the Googles, now you can. I think my turtle's dancing on his little floaty thing. You in a dancing mood, turtle? Yeah. 
dance, turtle dance. One last stoner moment before we move on to the main bits. I want to say I finally made it to Friday sesh. The day after 420 was no slower than any other day, I'm sure. In fact, they actually expanded the sesh from what I understand the first time I was there. It was like a really chill neighborhood block party, uh, the way that it was set up outside. And then they had a setup on the inside, too. And apparently this was the first time that they had done the outside bit, according to my buddy Steve-O, who I ran into. What's up, Steve-O? He doesn't listen to the podcast, but you know, what's up, Steve-O? And and I have to say, it was perfect. It was perfect for the springtime. It was perfect for what we were looking for. We got all of our bath bombs. There was plenty of CBD. This definitely had a more female-friendly vibe to it. Not that the ladies weren't allowed to be sexy or anything like that. It just, the whole thing really, because it did have that kind of neighborhood block party thing, the whole thing just felt more inclusive altogether. I don't know, maybe part of that was because we were under the the gorgeous sun as it was setting and and all that stuff. But anyway, thanks for 20 nurses. I did only buy one concentrate while I was there, and that, to the surprise of some of my listeners, and certainly to me, was rosin. Uh, Somebody was actually handing out dabs of rosin for the For the first fucking time that I've been to these sessions, nobody ever samples the rosin. Or if they have, it's gross. It was like years ago and it was when it was just getting started. But now that they're really starting to dial it in more with the the temperature of the plate so that they don't destroy all the terpenes, they're out there selling it, but they never sample it. So I'm not going to drop $40 on a half gram when I don't even know what it tastes like. That's insane. Just because you tell me it's clean? Fuck that. But these guys, the rosin was actually the tastiest table there. So I completely overspent on a half gram of some tangy that was definitely the best tasting concentrate there. Doesn't make it the best tasting tangy, period. But I wanted to bring some home and try it again. My mind really hasn't changed that much. It it didn't totally suck. So I guess my mind has changed a little. But in the end, I kind of wish that I'd saved the money and just bought myself some more of that Slimer Terp sauce. Oh, it's so good. All right, you guys, let's talk about what it takes to fly with your cannabis. Now, a few times a year during the big travel time, spring break, summer vacations, over the holidays, I'm always being hit up can I fly with my weed? What do I, can I, I mean, I really, I just want to take a couple maybe chocolate bars. I nothing, like I'm not even, or how much flour is too much flour? How much can I really take with me? What's the best way to take it? Well, I'm going to talk about all of those things. But a lot of the common sense and experience that I have is the same thing that a lot of other people have. And I have some great articles that will be posted to my blog posting. Uh, both from High Times and from another uh, blog that I'm not familiar with. But they tell you a lot of the same things that I'm going to be telling you here too. When it comes to deciding how much you're going to bring though, uh, that's really hard to tell. I mean, I, I take a little bit of everything. So let's talk about everything. First things first, remember what TSA does. TSA started after 9-11 to help combat bombs and weapons and terrorism. 
Now, while they are a leg of federal bureaucracy, they are not in their job description there to look for drugs. So if they find drugs that they feel should be reportable, they report them to local law enforcement. So the first thing you really want to do is check to see how local law enforcement feels about cannabis. So this may mean every single time you travel, you have to look into this, uh, at least at this point in the game. And you'll be doing this whether it's domestically or internationally, because both domestically and internationally, there are places that are more tolerant of cannabis. And there are places that are intolerant that you might be able to fly into that you can't fly out of with cannabis. So you want to consider those kinds of options when you're thinking about what to bring and how much to bring. Depending on some places, you can actually get a hold of the airport beforehand and let them know that you'll be having a large amount of cannabis. That's not something most of us are going to need to do. So I won't even really uh, talk too much about that, except to say, if you are someone who finds yourself in need of traveling with a large amount, it is an option. You can reach out and be upfront and say, look, I'm legit. This is all my paperwork. This is what I'm doing. And this is why I got to fly with this much weed. Basically, if you're traveling within a legal state, they are, tend to be more lenient than states that aren't legal. Even Denver isn't as hard on, on cracking down on people leaving with cannabis as they used to be. Sometimes it just comes down to really understanding the pot culture in your state. And that can work for some people. I think the specific example I'm thinking of is in Alaska, where uh, some of the more remote dispensaries uh, will will hop on planes because a lot of people, in order to get anywhere in Alaska, a lot of times you have to take a plane, which means that they're flying with large amounts of cannabis because they couldn't grow their own. Not a scenario most of us are going to be encountering. Most of us are just going to be dealing with TSA. And actually, Tom Angel broke a really great story about how the TSA website, for a brief period of time, actually said yes to it being okay to bring your marijuana. And then pretty much as soon as he broke the story on Twitter, within minutes, it was changed to a big, bold red no. They blamed it on some sort of computing error or something like that. I like to think of it as a glitch in the matrix showing us a, a picture of the future. But it's not the present. And TSA is not technically savvy with us bringing our cannabis on board. So what are some of the things that we need to do in order to make sure that we are as respectful and as inconspicuous as possible? Well, if you've ever seen the Johnny Depp movie Blow, you probably know the first thing that I'm going to say, which is to just keep it cool. Keep it cool. Be cool, honey bunny. If you look suspicious, if you look nervous... TSA is not going to know it's because you brought weed. Looking nervous is looking suspicious. And the airport is not the kind of place you want to be doing that. All right. So get your nerves together. Take deep breaths. And remember that you are a fucking adult and you have every right to cannabis. Now, the next tip that I want to say is with very rare exception, Keep your cannabis on you. Keep it on, and I don't mean actually on you. Uh, with modern technology, you are not stuffing it in your bra. You don't want to tuck it under your balls. None of those things. You want to keep it in your carry-on. Now, if you don't have a carry-on, 
you should bring a carry-on if you're going to be bringing weed. Honestly, just, just a suggestion. And the biggest reason for that is if you put it in your checked baggage, there's nothing that can guarantee it will stay in your checked baggage. If TSA does search your luggage and they see cannabis, they will not confer with local law enforcement because you're not there to stand up for yourself. They'll just take it. And you don't want to find out when you get to your vacation site, when you start your honeymoon, when you're going to visit your family for all of that intense holiday bonding time, that you don't have any wheat to go with it, all right? Mm-mm. That's not going to fun. That's not going to be fun. Now, the only real exceptions I have to this are my concentrates. If I have hash or keef or some very non-smelly waxes, but mostly just hash and keef, I'll throw them in my toiletries bag. Um, I'm a girl, so I have makeup. And a lot of times when I travel, I bring a little makeup with me. In fact, I bring way too much makeup because I'm never going to use that much makeup. But I totally freak out and I overpack, which is fine because I can throw a couple little containers of Keef in there and they just look like really odd shades of loose powder. Now, I think I've told this story before, too, um, of when I was visiting a friend in England, and we were supposed to go to Amsterdam, but we weren't able to make it because there was this freezing fog, and they canceled all the flights, and I was like, fuck it, let's just go get drunk, and because uh, I was drinking a lot more than I was smoking weed back then. But my friend had gotten two grams of Amsterdam hash in lieu of our trip, so He didn't really smoke that much at the time, and I was doing so much drinking that I was able to bring back basically two grams worth of hash with me. And at the this was, oh my God, this is like 10 years ago. So it was really the first time I had ever traveled with any weed whatsoever. And my friend suggested that I take these two, which were basically tiny rock looking, I mean, they were super pressed hash crazy pressed hash, rock hash. And uh, and he told me to put it in my socks and to roll up my socks and wrap them up like that. I still don't know why, other than the fact that I'm sure it covers the smell somewhat. Um, it's hard to feel inside of a rolled up sock. But that's what I did. And on my way uh, through customs, I totally got stopped and they totally searched my carry-on bag. I did at least have it in my carry-on bag still. If I'm going to get busted for cannabis, and I totally thought that I was about to get busted over international borders. But it turns out I had just left a bottle of body wash in my bag that was too big for me to take with me. (sighs) But I kept it cool. I kept it cool. Even if you do get pulled over, breathe. Keep it cool. If they find your cannabis, they'll refer you to local law enforcement. Hopefully you have your recommendation. If you have a recommendation, keep it with you or a medical card or whatever it is in your local area that gives you access. If you have any proof that you are allowed to to possess that cannabis, bring it with you. And then if you get busted in a place that isn't as tolerant, keep it cool until you know for sure that you're fucked, in which case... You still keep it cool and try and get a lawyer, right? Yeah, do that. But for the most part, you don't even want to think of it like that. You don't want, don't think like that. Think of me and all the people who travel every time with a shit ton of weed on them every single time. Because now I don't travel anywhere without bringing my cannabis with me. So let's see. Uh, we went over 
some some tricks, keep it cool, put it in your carry-on, some tricks for concentrates. If you do want to bring flour, I naturally recommend the Sea Vault. It was one of the first things that I had in my earlier safety meetings. And I use it every single time I travel. For the most part, at this point in my life, I use the Sea Vault almost only for travel. I love the way that it's insulated. So it really helps keep the cannabis um, fresh during travel. And it's airtight and watertight. So I don't have to worry about my carry-on smelling like a bunch of weed. And I've never been stopped for it by TSA. I've never been asked what was in it. They've never checked my bag because there's this, what's this steel container here? They've never done that. And it works perfectly every time. The sea vault that I have can hold up to 10 grams of flour, depending on how big the buds are for the flour and the density overall. And it's, it's literally never been too, too small an amount of flour for me unless I was at Unity and smoking out dozens of people. But even then, it was just barely not enough. Now, of course, your other option that you might need to work a little bit around are edibles. Some people are a little nervous about traveling with edibles, especially if they are leaving an illegal state, um, traveling to another illegal state or a legal state, or just in general, not as comfortable with cannabis products, period. So edibles are actually really easy when you want something to travel with, uh, whether it's cookies or a chocolate bar, um, even more, you know, the gummies, the goldfish, they all just look like snacks. And so you can put them in with other snacks. If you have a chocolate bar, you can break it up and put into some trail mix in order to make it even more covert. But for the most part, unless you have a very weedy smelling, very greenish kind of edible, you don't have to do too much. You can throw them in with some other snacks if you don't have kids who are going to get into them and bada bing, they're disguised. When it comes to things like tinctures and lotions, I wouldn't even worry about those. Honestly, take a deep breath. Don't stress about it. Worst case scenario, take the label off. They're not going to test it right there for weed. And if it's a lotion, they can't prove that any smell is directly related to weed. Weed has the same smell as dozens of other plants just in a more pungent form than most. But I happen to know for a fact that um, uh, like Aveda has a tea that smells just like cannabis on the breath if you didn't know any different. If you didn't know somebody had drank that tea and then you talk to them afterwards, you'd be like, did you just smoke a joint or something? Because your breath <laughs> reeks of weed. They're just called terpenes, flavonoids, parts of all plants. Of course, you know, I love to take my coconut oil capsules with me everywhere. They just look like a dietary supplement. I just put them in a little pill jar. Never been an issue. I have my edibles that way. When it comes to things like vape pens, uh, cartridges, those are really easy to get through. Uh, you can use them at most airports in most places, at least that they allow smoking. You cannot use them on the plane, but you can use them the entire rest of the time. So it's really easy to travel with those and you only need to be aware mostly of the requirements for e-cigarettes. You don't wanna get busted for weed because you got busted for an e-cigarette. 
but I talked before that I like to show up to, I mean, you kind of have to show up to the airport super early nowadays in order to make sure that you're at your gate on time. And a lot of times I'll be at the gate wishing I could smoke bowl, nervous about flying. And, um, and I'll take a vaporizer into the bathroom and I'll take a couple of hits because I don't give a fuck. But that kind of vaporization also allows me to medicate without being obtrusive to other people. Not something I necessarily recommend because you're still taking a really big risk, but that hasn't stopped me. So throwing it out there. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope it helps you be less nervous if you have some traveling in your future. I hope uh, maybe I gave you some helpful tips and things to think about if you hadn't before. There's absolutely no need to sew any of your your weed up into the lining of any of your bags or, or anything like that at this point in the game anymore. We are flying into a brave new world. Somebody's got to start the party. Speaking of which, time to safety. Uh, so you guys know that I have been enjoying the Slimer Terp Sauce by Raw Gardens that I found. Really well-priced, very patient-friendly, and completely clean, great flavor, and a, a wonderful sativa stony feeling. Not necessarily high, but stony. And when I was at Friday Sesh, one of the tables there, uh, their concentrates were okay, but they had this slimer flower that smelled and looked incredible. And now normally I don't buy a lot of flour at these things. I prefer to spend my money on concentrates, but this was so good and I'm in such a slimer mood that I totally bought some of this flour. And when I got it home, I was super excited and I packed Chong the Bong with it and I took a hit and it was gross. It was really gross. It smelled like burnt limes. It didn't taste good at all. So I was like, okay, roll a joint. So I rolled a joint and that also didn't taste super great. Uh, in fact, I hit it and I was like, this joint is one of the most disgusting joints I've ever smoked in my life. And I put it out. I couldn't even smoke it anymore. So then I tried my Sherlock pipe. I grabbed that and the flavor was slightly better. I could get a tail end taste of that really sweet, limey flavor, but it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. I just knew what I was looking for, so I knew to look for it. And I was just about to give up. There was, there's some, some sort of heat, some sort of chemical combination that needs just the right amount of heat in order to unlock these flavors perfectly. And, and I was going to give up. And then I, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I wonder if this would be a good strain for my vaporizer. So I went and grabbed my, my handy hand vape. And I packed a tiny bit of that in there because at this point I only had one nug left and, um, and it tasted delicious. It was exactly what I needed. It had all of that Slimer flavor to it that I was looking for. So that was my little Slimer journey I thought I'd take you on. Um, I mean, I had checked this flower. It looked gorgeous, gorgeous, both in the bag, a nice light green, just covered in white creamy crystals though under the microscope the crystals 
completely cloudy, beautiful formation, just a hint of amber that I love. Everything about this plant looked perfect to me and I couldn't get the right taste out of it until I vaporized it. And then as it turns out, a few days later, I actually did go back to that that joint that I had put out to the roach and I was like, eh, I didn't have time to roll and I needed something. So I hit it anyway. I was like, fuck it. I'd rather be high and have it taste gross than not high at all. And uh, this after a couple of days of sitting there in its own tariness, it actually tasted better. So I could get a lot more of the Slimer flavor out of it. I was like, whoa, uh, got a little Joey in me, I guess. Oh, oh, but there was one other step I was going to try before I successfully used the vaporizer. And that was taking a bowl and putting a little of that Slimer concentrate on top of it and seeing if that gave me any extra oomph and flavor to it. So that's what I've been saving for this. And that's what I'm going to try right now. I've got myself a little nug of the Slimer popped into my pipe with just a little dollop of some Slimer Terp sauce on top of it. And by Terp sauce, this is really more of like a, a sap, I should say. Cheers. No, that didn't work. In fact, it was pretty disappointing. I'm probably just going to go pack myself a dab of that Slimer now because this was my first bowl of the day and it's not satisfying. It is not satisfying. And I lent my vape to a friend who's pregnant because she needs it way more than I do right now. So I'm just going to go take a dab. I'll be right back, guys. All right. I feel better. And I, I want to clarify. It's not that this Slimer tastes bad. It's that I haven't found the right heat to unlock all this limonene flavor that's in it. And I've actually been having some trouble with the limonenes lately. I got a gram of Bay Dream. You know how I love the Bay Dream from, it was a gram of concentrate from the pure extracts that I was really digging on last week. And I got some other of their other stuff that was crazy loud fire. And when I saw that my local delivery had the Bay Dream, I was super excited. They didn't post a picture, but I was like, that's okay. It's going to be just as good quality, right? <sighs> I have to say, the appearance isn't as great, but the product itself is clean and pure and true to the strain. But what, it, during the extraction process, whatever terpene or terpenoid group they were going after the most just tasted really fucking disgusting when you dab it like they only got one group of the terpenes that are in this strain out and the one that they did is very much the bay 11 part it's very pungent very herbally but not in the the kind of way that a piney earthy spicy like the holy headband in the kind of way that really reminds you of the bay. That really reminds you of the bay during low tide. That is not a good flavor. It is honestly like I stuck a bay leaf in my mouth and started chewing on it, which you are not supposed to do, while I was standing out at the harbor during low tide, just letting all of that rottingness up into my mouth. This wax does not taste good at all. Not at 
all. It's so gross. That doesn't mean that it tastes like the plant was bad, like the extraction was bad, uh, or anything like that. And and it's true to the strain. The effects are totally there. It doesn't make my throat hurt from coughing, like there's some sort of chemical fertilizer in it or anything. It's just this one terpene group that was extracted missing components of the rest of the flower, I'm assuming, and it just gives you one flavor, and that flavor is pungent. But luckily, because the the manufacturers test it, and they post the cannabinoid content and the major terpene contents on there, I noticed that it was like 4% or supposed to be 4% limonene. So I was like, hey, well, the Slimer has a lot of limonene in it too, but the esterification that happens there, those alcohols that help release different flavors in the cannabis plant, it just, it produces something else. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I'm missing some esterification. Maybe when they blasted it, they weren't able to capture all of the alcohols that were in it. And so when I mix the Bay 11 with a lot of the Slimer, it really does taste better. Sometimes I still taste the the rotting sewage at the bottom of the fucking ocean, but most of the time it really evens it out. And I think that's one way that test results for those of us who are very familiar with the cannabis and are enthused by the test results, one way that we can use them to our advantage to help patients be able to medicate when they don't always like it beyond just the CBD and THC. Being able to balance out uh, the effects and or the flavor, since they're very much the same thing, and a strain to tailor it to a patient uh, is going to help a lot, especially while we're in this stage where we don't really know what we're doing. Uh, the fact that that you can blast one strain and it's perfect and use the same process to blast another strain and it tastes like rotting sewage, even though it's medicinally beneficial, marketability isn't there. And so while we're bridging the understanding of marketability and manufacturing, we can rely on our understanding of strains and cultivars and combine them uh, with the test results to produce the best effect, period. Now, that doesn't mean that I think that you're going to be walking into a pharmacy anytime soon and saying, give me uh, this, this ratio with these cannabinoids and these terpenes. That's going to work for some people, but it's not going to work for everyone. I still really think that this is going to be very strain dependent and it, it might come down to specialists, uh, that the canisters who are, who are dialing this in for people. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I do know that it's the most fun science experiment I have ever taken part in. So I absolutely love trying out flowers. And as it turns out, some magical blue fairies brought me some flower from Carson City, Nevada. I got myself some Nevada weed, y'alls. It's actually a CBD dominant strain called Fire Angel. It's an almost one-to-one, 5% THC to 9% CBD. Um, it had fantastic labeling, again, with the cannabinoid and the terpene ratios, really helping you gain a better understanding, though it didn't say where it was tested. Um, I'm not sure what Nevada's situation is 
but using third-party testing is always important. And when it first arrived at my door and I opened it up, it was very strong and the lemonine, very industrial cleaner smelling. And, uh, and with the spicy, spicy underneath, just a little bit. And that was the beta caryophylline that was also labeled or was put on the label. Um, but very, very industrial. It felt like I had just walked into a really big marble office building at like 10 o'clock at night where the only people who are in the building are the cleaners. And so I put it in a jar and I let it settle. I did take a hit then. And I, I mean, obviously I tried it in a bong load first and I just took a little snapper and the taste then was also industrial. The THC balanced it just enough to keep it palatable, but that flatness of the CBD was very present. Um, I put it in a jar and I let it sit there for a couple of days. And when I opened it up, uh, it had cured to a much sweeter, much more pleasant citrus smell to the nose. When I smoked it, the taste was also much more pleasant. It went from being industrial lemon smelling to a herbally lemon sauce type of smell. Something you might find more in your kitchen than your bathroom. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do with just the terpenes being able to stabilize again and transport. They were subjected to a lot of heat and a lot of tossling and... um <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice keeps going out on me, you guys. I don't know why I'm so squeaky, but come on, voice. You need to get over this. I got additions to do later. Got to do some uh, some warm-ups. That's pretty much what it was. I like. I just started this cold. I didn't warm up or anything. So good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm having a fantastic morning. Anywho's. Uh, I want to, before we leave, I want to give some shout-outs to Dale. What's up, Dale? Shout-out. You know why. Wink, wink. Also, I want to shout out to Marv. Thanks for the tweets. I do appreciate it. All of you who reach out to me and let me know what's going on. Fogtown Toker, Willie Boy, Willie Burr, uh, all, all my guys. Um, they are mostly guys. And some of my girls, I love you guys. You guys keep me going. And I'm really happy that I could show up week after week, even if uh, sometimes I get a little sidetracked by 420. Feel free to find me on the social medias. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at The Spliff Podcast, and I'm on Twitter at Spliff Podcast. You can find me on the website, thespliffpodcast.com. And if you find this information helpful and would like to contribute to the success of The Spliff Podcast to help me pay for operating costs, you can do so in a couple different ways. I have my Patreon account where you can actually become a monthly contributor or you can do a one-time contribution, completely up to you, but there's a lot of different options there. You can also go to the website, thespliffpodcast.com, and under the shop support section, one, you'll find a link for the C-Vault that I talked about earlier today. And then you'll also just find an Amazon affiliate link that you can use anytime you shop on Amazon for any purchases that you make. And a portion of those purchases can become contributions to the Spliff Podcast at absolutely no charge to you. I don't make a killing off of it, but you guys are 100% continuing to use it. And I appreciate that so much because it's adding up. And every time you make a purchase... I get a little something that's going to help me pay my operating costs, and I'm really excited about that. So if you like to support, 
please do. All right. So let's see. I said I got the, the social medias out. I got my website out. Oh, Mystery Man V, I know you haven't been able to listen for a while, but when you do get around to listening to this, thanks for the phone calls. If you'd like to leave a message, whether that be a comment, a criticism, or a question, you can do so at 209-867-7543. That's 209-86-SPLIFF. You can even send text messages if that's the way that you prefer it. I want to make sure that people have an opportunity to ask me questions, whether they want to get to know me and be friends with me or whether they need to do so anonymously because of the social and professional implications that it could have on their life. I respect that. I get it. Let's work around it. All right, you guys. Oh, you know what? I also haven't shouted out to Kevin McLeod lately. He is the prolific musician you hear at the top and bottom of this podcast and on like 60% of Hollywood productions, quite frankly. Uh, he's fantastic. And you can find him and all of his music or a lot of his music on freemusicarchive.org. I'll be back next week, you guys. Not sure what I'm talking about yet, but... I'll be Bach. I mean, I'd rather be Beethoven, but I guess next week I'll be Bach. Thanks for spliffing it. Ciao for now. Right. So almost forgot here, but let's, let's, let's go to church. It's time to smoke a bowl or maybe tap some cheddar. Cause when we smoke that bowl, it helps us feel better. Yes, it does. So let's smoke a bowl, alone or together. For when we smoke that bowl, we can focus on what matters. So let's smoke a bowl, or maybe dab some shatter.